Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, a lot has changed since the start of the year when we approached the end of 2022. I thought it might be an opportune time to find out how the Irish motor industry has been faring uh, with the pandemic measures being replaced by rampant inflation and a cost of living crisis. Just what is the landscape now if you're thinking about buying a new or a used car next year? And I'm going to introduce our guests to you shortly. But before I do that, I would ask that if you've got a text, if you've got a query uh, about buying a new car, a used car, uh, bringing something in from the UK, whatever it is, send us a text here to 53106 because I have three experts here with me today. I'm delighted to be joined by Rowena Dooley. She's a dealer principal at Dooley Motors all down there in the lovely Carlo. Brian Cook is the uh, Simi Director General, and that's the Society for the Industry uh, of uh, Motor Forecourts. Uh, Dennis Murphy also joins me on the line, and he's the Managing Director and Joint Owner of Blackwater Motors in Cork. Uh, so, Brian, I, I suppose, as the, as the non-trader in the room, let's call you, um, can you give us an overview of the marketplace? Uh, you're saying that the average car is now 8.6 years old, what does that mean to John or Josephine out there, on, on, you know, who's thinking about buying a car? Well, I suppose, I mean, most uh, prickly private individuals who are buying a new car, um, they will have a trade-in against it. So so the older your car, it, it, it makes the gap, the cost to change, you know, okay. no, greater. So, so what you really need is you need a cohort of people who own three-year-old cars who can trade up to a new car, people who own six-year-old cars that can trade up to maybe a three-year-old yeah, car. Yes, so, so that there's three-year-old cars for sale. So if somebody keeps their car beyond three years and there isn't that 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 that, that amount of cars coming into the marketplace, it distorts the price, I assume. It, it, and, and it does. And, and the and availability. That's a, yeah, and that's exactly what, what, what has been happening. The Irish new car market has consistently underperformed over the last 12 or 13 years. Um, this year we're probably going to sell 106,000 new cars. We actually could have sold more, but there was supply issues this year that we haven't had in in, in the past. But you know that's probably 30 or 40 percent less than we 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 would hope to sell. So 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 that gap had been plugged for a few years by a significant number of used imports coming in from the UK right. to supply the used car market. But that's actually started to dry up now, largely to do with Brexit, but also to do with they have a shortage of used cars as well now in the UK. So we'll come back to that in a second so just again it's it's not i suppose it's not all desperate news because it's plus six percent year on year isn't that right so so and it's also only 10.4 percent down lower than it was pre-pandemic so uh, these are the figures i'm mm. looking at here yeah no it's, yeah. it's it's actually it's pretty much line ball with, with last year it's 10 yeah. percent behind 2019 it's about 30 percent behind 2016 but like i think at the same time i think the industry is, is happy you know 12 months ago, we were in lockdown. Yeah. You know, we didn't know where we were. Not only were we in lockdown, but there were factories in China in lockdown. We've had the war in Ukraine. And despite all that negativity, we've still managed to breach the, the 100,000 mark again this year. So, you know, we would like it to be better. But I think it's been a solid year for the industry. OK. All right. Well, that's, a, that's I think, a good place to start. Uh, let's go down to Cork now and talk to uh, Dennis Murphy, uh, the joint uh, managing director and joint owner of Blackwater Motors. Uh, Dennis, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks, Bobby. Can you tell us a little bit about the UK used car imports? How that actually works? 
we heard Brian saying there that there's a serious shortage of supply. In simple terms, uh, if we look at, you know, there's now a VAT issue in a UK car that there wasn't there before since Brexit. So that automatically makes it 23% dearer. Am I right to say that? That's that's correct, Bobby. And then yeah, is there correct. other costs around VRT yeah, and, and customs duty that make it dearer again? Well, the VRT is the same as it was, as it was um, pre, pre-Brexit. Um, Post-Brexit, there's a 10% duty um, added and there's VAT on top of that, so that brings it to 10% plus VAT, which is 12%, 12.3%. And you have the 20% VAT that you pay in the UK, so it's ter- about 33% dearer now to bring a car in from the UK post-Brexit than it was. Okay, so one-third. So if you were bringing in a car for 20 grand, it's now going to cost uh, 30 grand. 30 grand, that's yeah. correct, yeah. So that's, that's killed off that market, essentially, right? Like, no, there's... The used car mar- import market is has basically collapsed from 100,000 units to about 40 to 40 odd thousand units now, and only 40 percent of them come from the UK now, Bobby. So right. that market is just gone, you know. And Dennis, if I ask you this, so if okay, I, I I accept your completely your analysis around the cost increase. So if there, if you could get the car, and this is maybe the thing, is there a is there a is there a buyer out there that will pay? The ten grand more. Uh, in other words, maybe the consumer would take the cost if the cars were available. Is is it? Um, what's happened? What's happened, Bobby? Uh, is that yes, there's still a demand for cars in the country, right? And that's that's going to continue. So we have a shortage of used cars in the market because the Brexit thing has been closed off, and the new car market is basically stagnant, is what you could call it. So we're not generating a whole lot of used cars in the market. There's still a demand for used cars. What's happening is that the demand has gone for older used cars. You know, okay. so like a lot, the sixty odd percent now of the market is brought in for cars coming in from Japan, which are about six or seven years old uh, and cheaper than than was there before. Because there's a huge affordability issue in the market, Bobby, and it, it goes for new cars as well as used cars because you, you'd have read or heard that used car prices have gone up and up and up and up because of the shortage of supply. Now, that's beginning to soften a bit, but it's still there, and the shortage of used cars in the marketplace is going to continue indefinitely. Okay. Let's bring in our third guest, and we'll come back to you in a second, uh, Dennis. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, Rowena Dooley, uh, uh, dealer principal at Dooley's Motor and Carlo, you're very welcome to the programme. We've spoken to you on the phone before, Rowena, so it's lovely to see you here in the studio. Thanks for having Tell me. Tell us a little bit about your uh, business. You're, you've been recently appointed a Fiat and Jeep dealers, and you add that now to your Kia and Ford brand. So, That's right, in the old days, and again, maybe I'm just a bit of a dinosaur around <laughs> this, uh, you were a Volvo dealer, you were a Ford dealer. Uh, yeah. you didn't tend to have a suite of brands. Uh, that's that's very true. And, and how has that evolved? Or uh, We traditionally were a Ford dealer uh, back from uh, early 70s and my parents took over the business in 89. We've been Ford dealers, a single franchise. We took on Kia in 2016 and as you mentioned, we recently were appointed Fiat and Jeep. Look, it, it comes. It, it's come on the back of really 
um, supply shortages, constraints within the market, and we need to have product on our forecourt to be able to sell. Sure. Uh, the affordability element is there as well, as Dennis has mentioned. So we need to have a broad range of product to provide a service, particularly in a rural town, you know. Yeah. And do you sell way. do you sell used cars as well as new cars? Oh, absolutely. We right. So part of our business and after sales and a commercial vehicle test centre. And, you know, when when somebody comes in to buy a new car that has an older car to trade, walk me through that process in that. And I, I, I think Brian mentioned it. The key factor is how old is it? How much is it worth? How much can you sell it on for? Absolutely. And yeah. these are all the things that are going through your head that are saying, so you need to come up with a figure then that you put against the new car, is yeah, it? It's simply yeah, the cost to change for that individual. And obviously it depends on the mileage of the vehicle even more so than the age nowadays. Yeah. And the service history, the condition. Because we want to see, can we retail that vehicle and sell it on with a guarantee? And uh, so the cost, obviously, the better the vehicle, the, the smaller the cost to change for the, the individual. Yeah. But the older it is, um, the, the price of new cars has certainly increased, particularly on the electric vehicle side. So well, we're going to come to that now because okay. there's a lot to be talked about that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The affordability factor. But look, uh, uh, alongside that, though, uh, finance packages are there and people are much more open to considering finance. And a lot of the manufacturers are heavily subsidising, even though we've seen interest rate increases in the normal commercial market, but still for car finance, the 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 rates are quite quite subsidised. So many car dealers are banks as well as yeah, uh, well, they're certainly finance houses if they're not banks, are they not? Yeah, well, they they need to be able to yeah. provide that service, you know. So yeah. for, it comes down to a monthly monthly cost for a lot of consumers, rather than very few people can just buy it. Uh, out of cash savings. We've loads of texts coming in and we'll get to them in a second but before I I said I wanted to talk about uh, electric cars uh, Brian so maybe just tell us where they are now in the overall scheme of things. they were slow enough to sort of get yeah. going, but it seems now that they're they're, they're eating up market share uh, on a month by month basis. Oh well, they are. Look, I mean, every month there's an increase in the market share. We're at fifteen percent of the new car market this year, which is almost twice what it was last year, being electric vehicles. So there's more and more brands coming to the table. Actually, Rowena and Dennis both represent, you know, brands brands that are leading the charge on on, on electric vehicles. So there's more brand, uh, there's more brands, there's more vehicles, there's more choice for consumers. And definitely, I mean, we served, we did a, a behaviors and attitude survey during the summer, more and more consumers, even if they don't end up buying an electric car, the first question they're asking when they get into to a dealer is, can I see an electric car? So yeah. it's definitely very, very much in consumers' minds at the moment. I was talking to a taxi driver, as you do, uh, last week, and he said to me, and again, I know a lot of taxi mm-hmm. drivers actually listen to this programme, which I'm always very grateful to, but he told me that a taxi driver now, if he's getting a new car, can get 25 grand yes. from the government. I don't know what the scheme is, but he said that if you take that 25 grand, he said to me that 80% of all taxis will be electric within three years. And I thought that was yeah. that was showing the power of a, a financial incentive to get people to change. Yeah. Now, do we need to do? Do we need to widen that up from a government perspective, Brian? In, in terms of, like, really, people will be thinking about their pocket at the end of the day. Yeah. If you want change, 
make it make it financially incentivize people to change. Yeah. yeah, look, in the early stages of a new market, which this effectively is, you know, um, you do need support. You know, as it, as it becomes more mature, the market will take care of itself. But these vehicles are more expensive. The government have been generous to date. They have a €5,000 grant for individuals on certain cars, up to €60,000, and they have some VRT relief. Now, we shouldn't probably have any VRT on, a, on an electric vehicle at the moment if we're serious, you know, about, about climate change. So, so they have been generous, and they've had really strong BIK incentives for, for, for company car users, but they are starting to reduce those uh, supports at the moment, and I would say it's too early to do that. So, so they're trying to reel us in, and before we're, and you know, even things like the increase in the cost of charging your car by the ESB yeah. there a couple of weeks ago, like that's, does you know, if you're in the system and you make a call to go to an electric car, yeah. and then all of a sudden the cost of charging it on a motorway increases by whatever percent, well, you like, kind of feel a bit, uh, you just find it a, a bit hoodwinked. Yeah, but that makes the, the extension of the grant scheme even more important because the equation on the car is, is while the upfront cost is more, the running costs are less. Now, there's still a significant fa- savings for those people who do home charging, particularly if you're on a smart meter. So, so you can still save on it, but the, the grants need to stay. Okay, I have a load of texts. Uh, Rowena, I'm going to ask you to help me one if you know this. What's a mild hybrid? <laughs> a mild hybrid? It's, it's, it's where the, uh, the, the second battery is used for the ancillaries, really. It's, okay. not, it's not fully charging up the engine. But it's, uh, so you might get 50 kilometres or something, would you? And then it would be a petrol no. car with 50 kilometres no, of... No, a mild hybrid is is not electrified at all. It's not plug-in. A plug-in hybrid is what you're talking about. Okay. When you plug in and you get a range of about 50 kilometres. Right. It's okay. The, yeah. Okay. Uh, Dennis, have you got a view on a mild hybrid? Um, what they do, they're generally internal combustion engine cars, Bobby, that's... Um, create more efficiency on the internal combustion engine car because, because things like the electric windows and things like that are operated by a battery rather right. than using petrol and diesel to do to power them. You know, so I see. Bigger, so you have your battery to start it, and then you have a larger battery that would probably could do the power steering, or could do the electric windows or the wipers and things like that. You know, so okay. you're not using the engine to power those. That's space. So you get more miles or kilometers per hundred kilometer per gallon for for the old on the basis that um, the that the yeah, electricity yeah, is that, being that, moved somewhere else it, yeah. yeah okay that's the way it works yeah. uh, i have another question here and i asked for a listener who says what's the best way to sell a second-hand car so somebody who has a second-hand car to sell i presume who wants to buy another car maybe they want to buy another second-hand car what what, what advice there's, there's, do you there's a lot there's, yes there's lots of ways out there bobby just just huge just huge um websites like we have our own website called autobuy.ie and you can just go on there and you get a value for the car right. straight away right you can go into a dealer trailer in or you could do it yourself by either going on carzone or done deal or something like that there's more ways now to sell your car than ever existed before yeah. lots and lots of ways to do having it. good service records and maintenance records on the vehicle it certainly enhances the value yeah keeping those and uh, obviously keeping it in in good condition. Making sure it's clean, clean that there's no dents yeah, in it. Yeah. I suppose it, it, some of the things might or... be obvious, but it's like yeah. selling a house. Yeah. If you know, you might just do it up slightly, or yeah. and and work out the cost of improving it versus what you might get uh, in a sale. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, of the percentage of people that come into you, Rowena, would would it, the percentage of people with a car to trade be high? Oh, it would. About it, it generally is about seventy percent. 
Okay. 70%, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's another question here, but maybe you don't know this. The life expectancy of a, an EV's battery, because I don't think anybody knows that. But uh, have you any uh, thoughts on that, Brian? Well, look, I mean, the warranties now they're giving are for seven or eight years Jeez. or for uh, 160,000 kilometres. That's a typical warranty, which is similar to a warranty on an internal combustion engine cars. That if you look after them, just like Arena says, with any car, they will actually go for longer than that. You should get more than 200,000 kilometres, which for most people is over 10 years driving. Okay. If we look forward to next year, Dennis, um, w- w- you know, you know, Brian was talking there about, you know, that it's a, it's, it's, it could be a better year, but it's not a disaster. What are your expectations for 23 in terms of your sales? Uh, at the moment, Bobby, the order intake for um, January, like for quarter one next year, January to, January to March next year, in our particular models, right, which are Volkswagen, Audi, Skoda, Sears, and Volkswagen commercial vehicles are up over 35%. Wow. Now, that, that's significant, right? But you've got to compare it to where it was last year when we had huge supply issues last year. But what it does say is that people, like, given everything that's going on, people are not backing off buying cars. Now, again, a lot of it is, is out of necessity because they haven't a whole lot of alternatives to cars and there's no UK imports coming in. And the other big thing, Bobby, is that people have switched over to EVs, you know, they really, the market has really moved. Like we're the second, I was at a Volkswagen conference there recently, and we're the second highest country in Europe outside of Norway for um, transition to EV. So there's a lot of criticism about the government, but they've done a huge amount of work in convincing people to move to electric vehicles. Yeah, that's good. So that even though, even though the prices have gone up significantly on electric vehicles, the desire to buy them, like so, you've won. You've the economic cost because when you charge overnight, Bobby, it costs you nothing. Like it does cost you like less than five or six euros to charge a car overnight. You know, if you do it full charge, but um, there's the desire as well to do something for the environment in Ireland, which is really, really strong. Okay. It is really, really All strong. Right. So you have both of these factors um, coming in to create a huge demand for electric vehicles. Now, I finish with this now on on the Volkswagen side of our house. Next year, 50% of what we sell will be pure electric vehicles. Not plug-in hybrids or mild hybrids will be pure electric vehicles. 50%, Bobby, that's coming from zero about three years ago. Yeah, that's great news. Uh, thanks for that, Dennis. Last word to you, Rowena. Your predictions for 23 and, and the marketplace. Listen to what Dennis is saying there. I think reasons to be cheerful are a few. Uh, yeah, d- definitely. I think very strong order bank, very strong inquiries, great footfall, um, for the, certainly for the first half of next year. A bit concerned about the some of the supports going to be taken away in the second half of the year. But um, overall, the outlook is, is, is bright once supply follows through. OK. Well, listen, it's been a, a pleasure to talk to you all. There's a, a final text in here, which I was hoping to get to, which is what's going on with spare tyres. No new cars seem to have them. That comes in from Stephen. But I think we might could do, we could probably do a whole programme on that, Stephen. So we'll, we'll save that for another day. Big thanks to my guests, Rowena Dooley, dealer principal at Dooley Motors down in Carlow, Brian Cook, a semi-director general, and Dennis Murphy, managing director and joint owner of Blackwater Motors. Thank you all for joining us. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.